0: you know, just finding those people, there's, there's good people everywhere. And there's, and and you just sometimes have to show your vulnerabilities and put yourself out there. And that's really when the magic happens.
1: Hello, I'm Elizabeth ribbons, your host for next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change and celebrates their next. Today's guest, Amy Schmidt is a podcast host public speaker, founder of Fearlessly Facing 50, and author of Cannonball, Fearlessly Facing 50, Midlife, and Beyond. Amy's work is focused on encouraging women to dig deep and self-reflect, get past the fear, and regain who they are, their accomplishments, and propel them forward with confidence, and make an impressive splash in this next phase in life. Welcome, Amy. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm great. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. It's a Monday too. So this is a great way to kick
0: off the week.
1: Yes. And um, I just wanted to ask, because I I have read your book, but I do want to ask if you could just share a little bit about your background and what made you decide to do all that you're doing now?
0: Yeah, good, good question. Um, Yeah, like most women, you know, it's a constant story of reinvention, right? That's what Uh we do. So, a news broadcasting background, that's what I wanted to do. Set the world on fire and um, ended up marrying my college sweetheart about two years into that dream and um, took on the role, what I call, of traveling spouse. And I did that for um, many years before, you know, finally deciding at 50 to sit down and really self reflect and look at where my journey has taken me, what experiences I've had. So many commonalities that I've shared such, you know, with other women that I decided it's my time. You know, I mean, there's so many times during that path of leaving news broadcasting and kind of becoming this traveling spouse, having three children, moving 11 times, living in a different country for six years with my family, all of those things um, were kind of a part of what I like to call my highlight reel. And uh, when I had the opportunity back in 2019 to really sit back and look at what I've done it was time for me to forge ahead and take on a new challenge. So that's really how Fearlessly Facing 50, the brand launched the year I turned 50, um, as well as writing a book and uh, giving a TEDx and giving another one, actually, on aging coming up. And uh, that's really how it's all started. Wow. That's a that's a lot. Um, so clearly <laughs> yes. you're a very
1: capable and accomplished lady to do all those things, to move 11 times, to to live in another country, and just to keep it all, you know, all running, all the plates in the air, all going. I, I think that a lot of people undervalue that um, because they don't see it. But I'm always telling women if you've if you've lived half a, a century, then you obviously have some skills that you can reinvent and repurpose and use going forward. And I think at 50, we first of all. We, we understand our physicality, like, wait, we're not going to live forever, right? Absolutely. And, um, and so then we're, we're thinking, okay, I've built all this and it's been wonderful, but what about why I'm here? <laughs> and I think yeah. you were taking that moment and really saying out loud, I stopped and I really, you know, revaluated like everything I've done and it's not bad. I mean, we choose it, right? We choose, okay, I'm going to step back and I'm going to be here so I can raise the kids, do all those things that I did. But at the same time, I think uh, it's a it's a really valuable time to to take a look and see what we might want to do. And that might be, gosh, I got to earn. Um, maybe some people with like college tuitions and things are finding that they need to go earn. Maybe they yeah. want to do something that's really an, a purpose, a meaning. Right. And I, most of the women I talk to, they want it to be meaningful. They want it to have meaning. And it sounds to me like you created this brand, but you're also really wanting women to, to see who they are. And um, do you want to talk about that a little bit about doing your TEDx talk and also the brand and what you're wanting to achieve with that?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking about that. You know, I have a really good friend, Julie Moran, who many people probably remember from Wide World of Sports, and she puts it quite clearly. And she's told it to me many, many times, you know, at 50, we can push pause or we can push play. Yeah. And it's so important to push play. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I think, you know, you're, you're so right when you say that, there's a time when so many women have time again, you know, maybe they've, maybe they've pivoted their career, maybe their children are grown, whatever it is. But for me, it was, you know, that moment when I felt as though I was standing with a map and kind of not knowing which way to go and losing a bit of, you know, where's Amy? I I tell the story. I I think I shared it in, in, I, I do a lot of keynotes. So I think I shared it in a recent talk about the fact I was sitting in my house when the kids were little and getting lunches ready and all of that. And my husband who travels pretty regularly, a couple of nights a week, he's done that for 29 years. Um, he said, Hey mom, you know, would you grab that laundry from the dry cleaners on the way home from picking up the kids today? And I was like, yeah, sure. I can do that, but I'm not your mom. <laughs> and that was such a pivotal moment for me because um, it really was an identity thing. It was, where's this capable, confident woman who's doing a million things, whose name is Amy, Mm -hmm. who, you know, is raising children and and serving on boards and volunteering and and writing and all of these things. And so I just think it's so important for women, especially. Um, and, And it's funny because when I launched my brand, I really was gearing it all towards women. And now over two years of this evolving, a lot of men have reached out and said, listen, I go through similar issues. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love what you're doing, and I love this inspiration around women, but, but I want to hear, I, let's get some men in there. So I think it's, it's interesting. You may find that as well. Yes. But for women, you know, women especially, we, we fall into this time of feeling like we're outdated or we can't do the things we used to do. And so my motivation behind everything I do and really why I started what I'm doing um, is to inspire women. And and that is to inspire them wherever they are in their journey, whether that's to, to get up out of bed and walk to the mailbox and, and get out there outside. Maybe they haven't been doing that to, to try a yoga class, to you know enroll and finish your degree, whatever it is for you. I just want to inspire that action. And I think a lot of women talk about it and say, yeah, we should do that. Or, oh boy, I'm going through that too. But then they they hiccup and they don't take the action role. And that's what's so important to me. Oh, um, so when important. I, yeah, it's hard to do. And it's so important. You know, the, the, um, the, the cover of my book is actually uh, me jumping off a cliff in the grill, my 50th birthday. And I'm scared of heights. And I was actually wearing my, um, like my, my really good bifocal glasses in that, in that, in that picture on that. So cover. I got to
1: ask, that's not photoshopped. You are it's, really literally jumping off a cliff. Cause I was looking
0: at that going, it did she
1: photoshop? This? No, no, it's me. Go, wow, and that's impressive. Back and
0: forth, my publisher was like, we had all of these different designs for the cover. And then my husband took that picture and my girlfriend was going to draw, you know, grab my glasses. She's like, Amy, have your glasses. up,' But I jumped anyway. And that was my whole impotence behind the cannonball. You know, it's just that we have to create these cannonball moments and have that fearless exhilaration we had when we were nine, when we would go off that high dive and want everybody to watch and we didn't care what it looked like. And we do it again and again and again. And then we reach this age where it's very difficult for us. We put things off. We say, I'll, do, I'll cannonball next year when I'm 10 pounds lighter or oh, forget about it. I, it's I'm not so going to sure. look good today. I don't have the right swimsuit on. Mm -hmm. You know, you're worried about getting up out of the ladder. I mean, how many women listening are are afraid to pull themselves out of the pool? I'm certainly one of those. That's like, oh man, I hope I can actually get out once I get in. (laughs) Yeah. And so that that's really the whole thing around cannonballing and and just creating those moments and not pushing pause.
1: I think that's fantastic, and I think too that when we're building, because I think young women and we were young women and we had all these you know desires to do things. we do have to put things on the back burner because we make that choice. So we're choosing it. No one's, sometimes we get forced, but I think we're choosing to, to do that. And in so doing, we're pushing pause on our life a little bit on our own wants. And then it gets to be so back burner that we forget what we want. And yeah, um, I think it takes a little bit of time to have that revealed to you. I don't think you instantly get to be 50 and go, okay, wait, you know something's not adding right. up. You know, right. the equation isn't adding up, but you're not really clear. So I think you have to give yourself the space to decide. And a lot, like you said, um, the women I've worked with, they're always putting things off until they commit to doing, to actually doing the, the thing right. and, 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 and doing that thing for themselves. It's really right. hard because we're so used to, it and we're so in that like routine of putting ourselves yeah. aside. Yeah. And I think that yeah. happens like the first child, you just go, okay, what yeah. I want is not important. This is exactly, exactly. I love the,
0: I love the reason or the, uh, the word you use commit there, because I talk about that a lot. And the fact that we commit to others so much, like, Oh, sure. I'll do that for you. I'll sure. I'll do that. We commit to everyone else, but we don't commit to ourselves. And that's really a mindset shift for women at, you know, of a certain age, we really need to start committing to ourselves, to be healthy, to get moving, to stay active and engaged, to do all of those selves. So our inner age, still feels like we're 30. You know, we, we need to, we need to be really cultivating that relationship with ourselves and committing to ourselves,
1: Right. And that's what, honestly, as we keep learning and growing, that's what keeps us young. Our minds yeah. young, keeps us relevant. It's so important. And I think we're the sort of the first generation that's really pushing for this because um, the generations before us have said, okay, I did my thing and now I'm just going to kind of hum along. And we're looking at, well, we've got another 40 years, at least I'm not going to just go out to lunch and, and right, hang out, I want to do something that I put off years ago. So to me, it's so vital, it's so important. And it doesn't mean that you like I said, that you have to earn. I mean, I just was talking about something uh, someone told me, I listened to a podcast of yours, and now I'm mentoring a young woman who is coming out of the foster system. That, to me, is so important. They're finding new things, new purposes. But like I said, it's this time where we have to give ourselves that space. And I was thinking about menopause, and we all talk about menopause so much, but but I, I think that it's really a good thing that it's a pause. We have to pause and look at life and go, okay, all those reasons I was here, doing all those things, that's shedding. And now this is, like you said, our time. This is our time. And I think it's a blessing in a way to sort of bring that on and just be like, okay. Uh, and I think that's why people have trouble with it because their their past roles were right. that to be you know producing, helping, supporting, nurturing, all those things. And that's great. And we can still be that, but we're, we're sort of growing our own selves. And with all this knowledge and wisdom, it's like, it's just a dynamite time in life. It's a dynamite time in life. So I think it's pretty exciting. So tell me, you talk about fearlessly facing 50 as a brand. What does that mean? Like, are you looking to expand it out? I mean, what are your, like your, what is it that you really want to see for yourself in this?
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I feel that the most important part of me even starting a brand and building a brand was to really get loyal people involved. Like I, I'm very authentic. You know, people say, Amy, you, you are who you are. I I do a lot of um, talk show segments and things like that. And afterwards the producers are always like, Oh my God, you have this likability. And, and I really feel that that's one of the gifts that, you know, I've been given is my authenticity and loyalty. And I really wanted around my brand to build that. I didn't need a million followers. I don't think people need to be buying followers or 50,000 followers or looking at how many comments you have. It's really about those people that you really affect change in. And I feel really um, very blessed, actually, that I've been able to build a platform and a community of women that that really that really trust, you know, that I, I'm there to encourage them. And that is at, really at the core of everything I do with my brand. Um you know, I'm, I'm asked a lot of times to sponsor, you know, get sponsors from my show. I'm very, very particular about that because I want them to be aligned with my mission.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I, I've had I have this much wisdom and loyalty and trust is a big thing for me. So where fearlessly facing 50 is going to go. I don't know. There is a second book that will be coming, um, which is very exciting. And I have now branched out into, um, you know, from relationships that I've gotten over the years You know, women have said, I really want you to do something, a large event, an in-person type event, a conference, but in person, really impacting change for women. And uh, so I was able to curate a group of keynotes and and all of my talent along the way and had a wonderful woman who I've had on my show before, who I know you know as well, Kristen Cofield,
1: Mm -hmm. call
0: me up one day and say, you know, we have never met, but you know, we have similar interests, similar passions, and I love what you do. And I really want to get in on this with you. Mm-hmm. And um, so Fearlessly Facing 50 has now evolved into something called Meant for More as well, which is a group of, of women that are leading a, a, a team that is going to be having these in-person events. So, you know, it, you don't know where, where exactly it's going to go, but I'm such a believer in, in just trusting the process and yes. um, staying true to who you are and things come right back to you. And it's amazing. And I feel that, you know, through the power of collaboration and relationships that you make along the journey, um, it's going to evolve into something pretty cool. So there's some, there's some big things coming in 2022 um, and 2023, which are really exciting, but um, you know, just one day at a time and we'll see. Oh, that's exciting. And, and getting together with
1: people yeah. And being able to um, connect, I think we all miss that. And it's great yeah. that we have the virtual um, ability, but at the same time, it's that getting in person and connecting. And so your group, your your group and your community, they're really um, interested in the understanding of this age and what they can do. Um What are they most interested in accomplishing? Just having that confidence and what do they want to accomplish?
0: You know, I think a big thing is confidence. Um, I love to share a story and and she doesn't mind that I share it because I've shared it before. And um, she's a woman that lives on the West Coast and she had listened to my podcast. She read my book. She had reached out many, many times to me. And, um, you know, we kind of started a little bit of a relationship. And she reached out and she said, you won't believe what I did. And it started with this email. And I said, you know what? Do you mind sharing your phone number and, and, we, and we can connect by phone? And I talked to this woman who's in her late 50s, and she has three grown children that are, that are off doing amazing things, one grandchild. And it was right at the beginning of COVID. So it was, you know, people were not getting out and about. And she was really, really feeling as though time was slipping away that she was really undervaluing what she had accomplished, which is so we undervalue ourselves, right? So typical. Yeah. We make ourselves out to be less significant than we are. Mm -hmm. Um, I always get goosebumps when I tell this story because it's an amazing woman who had an amazing story, but was feeling really stuck. And a lot of her friends had retired and moved to other spots around the country, but she hadn't been able to visit them. COVID, you know, she was really, really struggling. And I had talked about a message of opening your circle into uh, into a horseshoe. And I think that's such an important concept. And I'm very visual. So if you look at a circle and then you open it up, you're letting people in. Mm -hmm. And so she decided to walk across the street, which she had not done. And there was a new neighbor that she hadn't met. You know, she said the neighborhood has changed and, and she doesn't have kids in school. So she doesn't meet her neighbors anymore. So she ended up walking across the street. She said, Amy, I went to the local Kroger and bought, you know, store-bought cookies. And I had enough courage. I pulled on some sweatpants and walked across the street and rang the doorbell. And nobody answered, except she could hear baby crying. And she could hear like a dog. And, and she said, I, I right then second-guessed myself, like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> what am I possibly going to I have store-bought cookies. I didn't even bake them. What am I doing? started to turn to walk away. And all of a sudden the door opened. And here's this lovely young woman, probably in her 30s, holding a baby, dog at her, you know, at her feet, another one running around. And, and this woman, um, one of my followers said, I looked at her and she just burst into tears. And she just said, hello. And, and this young woman just needed that, that interaction right there. Mm-hmm. And this woman who's in her 50s needed that too. Yeah. And I just think it's so—it's such a great story because I think so many women can relate to times when they don't want to go to that meeting because they don't know anybody or they don't want to go to that yoga class because they're not wearing the latest Athleta or Lululemon or whatever the latest brand is, or they don't want to go have lunch with their friends because they saw something on Instagram that was like, oh my gosh, she looks so great and I look not so great. You know, that's what we do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that story of that woman was just so encouraging because it shows that you never know what unexpected treasure is out there if you just have the courage to forge ahead and try something. And that's, oh,
1: you just that is a powerful story. Thank you. Yeah, I love that story. That is that a story. really powerful story. And they now
0: have a relationship and they take oh. walks together and she helps out with the baby. And But how many times do we get inside our head and think we can't do it or oh, why would she want to be my friend or why do I need to go to that yoga class? Everybody looks so great. You know, how many times do we do that? I think that, or it's just,
1: or like, what will people think of me? Or they'll think
0: crazy to to
1: reach out, or maybe they'll tell me no, or right. Or I just can't pull it together today enough to go out and do this thing. I think that's more the norm than not. I think that we do in our heads and we do the analysis paralysis where we're just, Thinking all that stuff, and we're not in a getting there, so right? And, and we get yeah. stuck in it. Everybody, the great thing about this age, though, is that everybody feels awkward. We all
0: feel yeah, right. awkward right. It's a little one bit time. like your teenage years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're starting different. again, right? Right. And you do feel that, um, I feel, from doing this, too. Um, you know, my relationship with my daughter, she sees what I'm doing in my 50s. You know, she's in her 20s. Um, That's going to be so powerful for her as she ages. She sees so many women making impacts at later stages of life. I mean, I'm a very different 50 something than my mom was. Um, Even though my mom was vibrant and, and engaging and social and all of that, I'm still very different. I have a different level of confidence than she had. Mm -hmm. Um, we're doing more, you know, we're, we're engaging more. And I, I really, really encourage women to just to try it. You know, what's the worst case scenario? you probably use that in your, in your practice in your coaching practice, but you know, you always say what's the worst case scenario. So, so it's not perfect. So, so that outfit doesn't fit this year. So what, you know, you can always recalibrate and figure it out and move forward. And the fact that
1: the woman went across the street and that young woman probably wanted to do the same, but because she's younger and she had all of yeah. the, you know, going on that she just thanked that woman for having the courage that yep. day to step out of her comfort yep. zone and her comfort zone. I know that as we get older, it gets our life, you know, our world gets smaller and smaller unless we keep pushing against those doors and against those right. walls, moving the ladder, trying a different way. You moved 11 times. I know you, <laughs> you mentioned that. So you must have a practice of, okay, I'm going to just get involved. I'm going to go get in these groups. I mean, you must, um, obviously you were being prepared for something because you can, you can share this with other people, how you went about creating that community for yourself once you got there.
0: Can you share a little bit about Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. It was a little bit like a kit at one point. It was like, um, you know, you kind of get to a spot and you set up shop and then you, you know, I always felt like I was the girl wearing the banner that said, you know, talk to me. I'm new. Um, It was difficult. I mean, it always comes with challenges, but I think for myself, um, I knew that I had to do it to support my husband's who's usually it was the role. His role was changing. He was taking on a new position. Mm -hmm. He was moving our family. And I always gave him that grace of like a six month window. Sometimes it was five, but most of the time I tried to extend it to six, just like you get settled and you do your thing and I'll take care of everything else. And that's how we functioned the best. He -hmm. knew I gave him that grace at the end of a day when he came home from a business trip and he'd been gone, you know, to Asia or something and walked in the door. And even though the kids are screaming and crazy and I so need him, I know he needs that time just to take. It was like our role was like you take 30 minutes, you go upstairs, yeah. you unpack, get yourself together and then come on down and be part of the family. And, you know, we had to we had to navigate like that. So that helped me adjust a little bit. We we were, were a really good couple. So we really play off each other's strengths and weaknesses really well. But for just, you know, getting out in the in the community, I had to do it. You know, my kids would watch me. I was the mom that drove around the, you know, the new community to find out where the bus stops were just to see if there were any other kids playing in those neighborhoods, just to see if we could connect them that way. And I guess part of it was I have a bit of a fearless spirit around that. I figured, okay, I'm just going to put myself out there. What's the worst case? I'll probably find a friend. I might not. People mm-hmm. might think I'm weird, but that's okay. Yeah. And I had to do it for myself. Um, and along that path, you know, of moving that many times, especially living in Germany, um, I write about it in my book. I lost both my parents when I lived abroad which was probably the most difficult time for me because I couldn't get back in time. You know, you're, you're flying across from Frankfurt, Germany to get to Chicago and then to drive to Milwaukee. It was not an easy thing to do. Um, all of those moves came with challenges. But I always found that I I always had a supportive network of people around me, whether I you know, would call my one friend that has been friends with me for 30 years. She'd always pick up the phone and she knew she could be there. She was always there when I needed her. Or, um, you know, just finding those people, there's, there's good people everywhere. And there's, and and you just sometimes have to show your vulnerabilities and put yourself out there. And that's really when the magic happens. Now, I want to talk about really quickly,
1: um, I don't want to keep you too long, but I want to talk to you really quickly about um, when we decide we're going to change,
0: I'm I'm going
1: to do this thing, and it's completely separate from the roles that we've been playing how did you do it? Did you tell everybody you were going to do this, or did you kind of keep it to yourself? And the people that you did tell were they like, oh no, 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 I don't, you know, why don't you just do what you've been doing? Why are you going to do that? They get afraid for us, so they're not comfortable. Can you want to yeah. talk about that yeah. a little bit?
0: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question too. I've never been asked that. That's really <laughs> a good. Quite, you're a very good interviewer. Um, <laughs> Thanks. It never been asked. It, you know, I think there was a point in my life when my dad passed away that I knew I was going to write a book. Because it was that time in my life that I experienced a panic attack that I'd never had. One was sheer exhaustion from trying to get back from Germany and all of that. But I actually had to get outside of the room where my dad was. And, my, and I just collapsed. And my brother came and said, you know, you really need to write that book. And I had started writing it. And I had always been a writer. I was a freelance writer for many years. So, it, And he really just pushed me to say, do it. Because you have stories. And, and, and so many people will relate to it. So that kind of started that cart moving along writing the book. But as far as like the podcast and everything, I didn't even know what a podcast was. I went to the library and got books on tape, you know, that type of thing. I didn't know what a podcast was, but I knew given my skill set and interviewing and, and conversation and all that, mm-hmm. my professional background, I knew I could do it. Um, I think I might have let a couple friends know, but not many. And then I basically, you know, shared during my TEDx that I completely forgot to push record on my first podcast episode. You know, I recorded it. I danced around my office like it was the greatest thing. I'm like, I can't believe I did this. This is going to win Emmys. I mean, this is the best interview ever. And I went back to find the audio file and it wasn't there. I did the same thing. (laughs) Did you? Okay. See, I mean, I have my glasses on my head right now. Sometimes I can't find them yet. They're on my head. Can't find my keys, you know, looking for my phone with my flashlight that's on my phone, all those things we do. And I could have right there at that moment too, you know, said, what am I trying to do? I mean, I'm 50 years old. How am I ever going to possibly execute this? I can't even, I can't even remember to push record. And then there was something in me that just said, you know, push through it and do it. And I remember calling. I have a very good friend who um, used. To, well, we've lived close to each other until she moved recently. But we've we've moved quite a few times together. And I told her I was doing it. And she said, you know, she was a big encourager. And she said, you, you should, because you have the ability to inspire people to do something. So why not? So, but, you know, I didn't announce it to the world. I'm not that type of a person. I still have a really hard time asking for reviews. I mean, you know, you supposedly you're supposed to ask for reviews every single time. To me, that just sounds like, oh, okay, that's just too much. If they want to, they can. And I need to get better at that. But, um, yeah, I didn't really announce it too much. I just kind of did it. And I had a huge supporter in my husband. Um, he's always cheering me on. And he does realize that I did, with no regrets, gave up a lot. I mean, I did. I'll be the first to admit it. He knows I would admit that. My kids know I, you know, I, I loved what I did and had the ability to do mm-hmm. and move all these times and stay home and, and and do the magical and amazing things I got to do. But there also was a point when he kind of looks back and goes, wow, you, you did give up a lot. So do this. So that's really my story. That's such
1: a gift. That is such a <laughs> gift that he said, do this. And yeah. And your kids are, I'm sure, like, aren't your kids your biggest cheerleaders, aren't they? They're just super supporters on what you're doing, I'm sure.
0: They are. I was on the Mel Robbins show when she had her talk show, um, and I got so many texts that morning from my kids, like, I'm dead. You know, it it was just, it was was cool. And it's fun for them to see me in a different role, too, because... They see me challenging myself and they see it not always being easy. And, you know, they see me trying to learn something new and taking a while to figure it out. But that's really good le- lessons for them. It really is. Yeah, it's like
1: I'm mom, but I'm also Amy and I'm not done yet. I'm not right. Done yet. So that is so awesome. And I just wanted to ask, OK, quickly, since you are a writer, it probably was just like a snap. <laughs> Writing a book is never a snap. I know that because I have plenty of friends who have written books. but. Um, How did you like decide, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pull together journal things or have I, you know, and and how did you start organizing? Maybe you can give me three tips or the listeners three tips on what you did to start really, okay, I'm doing this. I'm committing. I'm going to do this. Did you make it like a job like every week? I'm going to spend this many hours. Like, what did you do? How did you do it? I I committed
0: to it. I really fully committed to it. And I said, this is my this is my full time job, because when you are writing, even though I was gathering stories from all different facets of my life and some were written in journals and things, it was still combining all of that. So I did. I committed to writing every day. And even on days when I had writer's block, I mean, if I even wrote a sentence, it was still writing for a day. And there were also times that I had to have my son, you know, who had, when I started writing the book was still taking the bus and left in the morning and came home and I still hadn't moved and was still in my pajamas. I had to have those wake up moments of, come on, mom, like, come on, you're, you're too much in this and you have to step away. But I, I think when you write a book, you need to commit to it. You need to believe in it and you need to just take a little, little excerpt every day, but have an end goal. And have that goal at 90 days, I want to accomplish this. And at 180 days, I always go in 90-day increments. 180 days, this is where I want to be with this. And readjust as you go. But you have to set those little micro goals along the way. Um, otherwise, oh, it gets overwhelming. Wait, you, that is a gem
1: right there. That I love that. Because a lot of people say, I'm going to go do this thing. But then they don't put any markers on it. Yeah, you have so to. you have to. And sort of say, I want to do this big thing. And then reverse engineer. This is what I talk to a lot of women yeah. about. Reverse engineer. What does that look like quarterly? What does that look like monthly? What does that look yep. like daily? So that they can put it in bite-sized chunks. Because a lot of times they'll say they want to do it and then they never really do
0: right. it. Right. Well, we don't. We don't start. Yeah. Yep. We don't yeah. start. We get too this- intimidated. How many women want podcasts and never start them? It's an astounding statistic. I think it's grown. I think it's gotten a little bit better. But I mean, the first PodFest I attended more and more women would come up and say, Oh, you already started. I was like, heck yeah, I already started. And they're like, Oh, I've been thinking about it for two years. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You got to start. You just got to start and establish little micro goals along the way. And it's your barometer. You know, you got to You got to stay accountable to it and, um, and be, be responsible to it and commit to it. Just like we talked about before, just commit to doing it. You know what, Amy, I just,
1: like I said, I don't think there's any mistakes in life. And you, you, you made the choice to to really support your husband and family, um, but the moving 11 times and and your background in, in the writing, I think all of that has has so really prepared you for this time and moment in life. It just sounds to me so perfect. And, and that you can share with women because you had to move 11 times. That takes courage, building up a, a life for yourself and then operating it and moving it again. And that just takes some metal. Let me just tell you. So you. you know, and you come off, and, and you. I know you were very authentic. So you are. You are who you are. So that yeah. speaks, I'm sure, to a lot of women. It certainly is impressive to me because it, it shows that you have courage, but you're not like I'm. All that you're just saying, yeah, I've done it, and you can too. And and let yeah. me help you to get that confidence back, which is so appealing. And I, I really enjoy talking to you. And I thank you. Hope thank to see you, you again, maybe yes. at one of these uh, events that you're going to be doing, um, maybe something
0: live where I get to actually shake your hand. And that would be pretty amazing. It's going to happen. It's happening in 2022. We just haven't, um, you know, I know you asked me at the beginning, there's just so many moving parts and, uh, you know, just coming off of being down at the site where we were going to have our November event, we just couldn't with good, with a good heart really execute it to the level of excellence that we wanted with this with this pandemic. I mean, we're still in it. Thankfully, it looks like it's getting better. Thank goodness. But you know, it's just, there's too much uncertainty. And and that just gives away the purpose of why we're getting everybody together. You know, we want people to be there to relax and enjoy and get inspired. So so 2022, it's happening. I'll, you'll be one of the first to know.
1: Oh, I love it. And also, let's talk about what you're doing. You have a, a show, a, a Facebook Live on your yeah. Fearlessly Facing 50 Facebook page yeah. that's from 7 to 8 Eastern time every Wednesday. And every Wednesday. it sounds really
0: exciting. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, it's, I have co-hosts this year. Yeah, it's really cool. I've got Kristen as a co-host. We have a, We have incredible guests. It's like, Actually, there's a queue of guests, which is really crazy. I can't believe that I actually have to say, I'm sorry, we can't get you in until, you know, later. So we've got some cool celebrities and we've got some really amazing brands to introduce to women and um, really more than anything, important stories to share that might really ignite a spark in your life. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, Wednesday nights on Fearlessly Facing 50 Facebook page.
1: Well, everyone go and take a look and I'm certainly going to be watching and I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Amy. Yeah, me too. I wish you the best success because when you're successful, other women will be as well. Yeah,
0: thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
1: Not done yet? Neither are we. Continue the conversations and get inspired and empowered with community, resources, events, experts, all on a private platform. Become a monthly member or save money and become an annual member and get two months free. Get all the perks and find out the details at nextcareerlife.com. A link will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest social media as well as other resources you might enjoy are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the Next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.